everyone. This is another episode of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. I am Alon. And I'm Aura. And hi, I'm Tristan, special guest. Yeah, we get we get him on the mic, and then he knows what to do. So, Tristan is look, here. Look, we say you're the special guest. The special guest doesn't say that they're special guests. Well, you didn't introduce me, so I was just going to do the job for you. Okay, I see the temerity is great so early in the show. <laughs> So we have him on here because uh, he's helping to to organize Fig, this uh, local indie game. Do we call it a festival? Is that is it the festival yeah, of indie gaming? It's basically a festival and conference. Um, we're what's Fig? F- Fig is the future is games conference. Right. Doesn't festival. even stand for indie games. Right. No fruits involved. No. If no. you don't like figs, as I detest them, uh, it's fine because that's not what it's about. No, it is not. Um, it's. I would say that the it, the concept is a little bit modeled after IndieCade, um, but obviously we're fresh and new, so it's not going to be as big. But we wanted to have kind of the combination of games that were being shown and a uh, conference track where we could learn more about the industry and kind of correspond with industry-related events and have our own version of what California has and what New York has in the more central kind of Phoenix area that accommodates us and our community. How many indie game developers do you think are around here in Phoenix? Eight million. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple dozen um, prominent groups. Like, I, I know there's, there's Kyle Pulver, Steve Swink, Aaron, um, Ben Ruiz. Like, I know there's a good number of people who are part of, like, the Flashbang group originally. And um, the, the problem is that right now we don't have a lot of representation of the development community here. So Fig is trying to do that and kind of get the ball rolling and letting people know that we're out there. That there is actually a community here. Yeah. Which there is. Yep. Okay. How many how many cities? So like if we if we look at a map of the United States and we think, all right, there's there's game development happening in various places, right? Yeah. It probably happens all over the place because you just do it with a computer. But I mean there's hot spots, right? So there's yeah. there's Austin and there's you know, basically all of California. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, I would say in California, it's like really very concentrated in the Bay Area and in like right around Los Angeles and Santa Monica. And then obviously Austin, um, New York and the areas surrounding New York have good chunks as well. But it's it's not as strong like as just a huge hotbed in the East Coast. But then there's some companies like... Um, uh, irrational who are on the east coast and so it, it's all over the place i'm just wondering if if to have a few dozen is actually uh is, i mean is that good right because you think basically anywhere that's a big city is going to have stuff it's going to have art right. it's going to have entertainment of all kinds so it's like what about chicago what about miami what about you know portland and seattle and well i think the, the the problem with our area right now is that we don't have any large studios like um rainbow is no longer operating and then yeah THQ, there were some large studios yeah but no more we'd like to th- i think that one of the things that the community here would benefit from is having some bigger studios want to be here and i mean like the rent is cheap like the cost of living is very low in the arizona region Compared to California, obviously, and there's some reasons that companies could want to yeah. be out here. No, pretty much compared to everywhere else. Yeah, well, I mean, except New Mexico, because I came except, from there originally. And yeah, that's I was worse. actually I was just thinking <laughs> I was just thinking of Las Cruces and how we totally beat them out in terms of uh, game development. Here. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was actually living in Las Cruces for a few years. So I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I just, I moved on up. I guess. 
Okay, so now we're in Phoenix, which is apparently a hotbed of independent game development. That's what I'm learning from this conversation. Yeah, no, I mean, the independent community is really strong. And, like, Aaron and Steve both had their games in IndieCade this year, um, which I went to this weekend. And um, there's just a very large uh, kind of unseen pocket of game development going on. Okay, so that's what we're going to get to see at Fig yep. a little bit, some of those people. So we're also going to record an episode of the show there. So if anyone is is present and wants to be there and maybe... Uh, actually talk on the show or ask us questions or tell us what topics to discuss. Or so, so we're going to say Friday evening? Is that cool? Oh, yeah. So that, we should probably give a rundown of the um, location and dates. And wait, stuff. Yeah, no, that wait, stuff's wait. totally important. Yes. But we're going to do the show Friday evening, yeah? Right, I'll do it whenever you want to do it. Okay, so we're going to do it Friday <laughs> evening. So, uh, Tristan, why don't you tell uh, everybody um, what what the hell we're talking about? Okay, yeah. So, I mean, the, the Futures Games Festival and Conference is being held at the Phoenix Convention Center in downtown Phoenix from the 9th through the 11th. So, Wednesday, it's from 4 to 9, and then Thursday and Friday, it's from 12 to 9. We, uh, we picked kind of a more evening schedule because we wanted to make sure that people could come after work. Um, since it's not on the weekend, but um, hopefully we'll be able to get some good attendance. I know we've got a good number of RSVPs so far, and we're we're seeing more every hour. So, yeah. and it's free. Yeah, actually, it's totally free. You don't have to pay um, nothing. It's actually free for everyone, and we encourage any local Phoenix area game developers who might not have contacted us yet to come in and like bring their machines and show stuff that they've got because we're trying to make this as inclusive and accommodating of the local community as possible. And uh, unlike uh, your inclusive and accommodatingness, uh, I will be speaking also yes. on Friday evening. Um, and I know that nobody has anything better to do on a Friday night at 7 p.m. than uh, come watch me run my mouth off. I know that's what I hope for every Friday. But, uh, <laughs> wow. But, um, <laughs> yeah, okay, look, I'll just, uh, I don't want to be this, uh, I don't want to be that mysterious about it. I'm going to be speaking about free-to-play games and deconstructing the systems that happen in those games that a lot of people may or may not be aware of. So kind of like what we talk about on the show, but a lot more in-depth, I'm guessing. A lot more in-depth. Okay, good. So that'll be that'll be good, and that's going to be right after we do our recording. And uh, for those, if it's not clear, if you are in the Phoenix area or just want to hop a jet and come out here, basically, if you're listening to this show, uh, as soon as it's released... It's happening today, right? Because we're, we're recording on Tuesday night. Yeah, so, come, on so leave now. You're not listening to this on Tuesday night because it won't right be available now. to you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Go out. Now. <laughs> Go um, to Fig. We're also going to try to run some cool games there that people can just play, be able to play indie games, but also we'll have... Is it confirmed that we'll have Joust? So um, I've got to make sure that um, we have approval to play Joust. Um, the whole setup is there, and um, I'm contacting Doug Wilson to find out that just yeah. to make sure that they're okay with it being shown at an event. Um, right now, I know for sure that we do have confirmed. Um, Sean Pierre uh, let us use Rainbow Bacon, which is one of the games that he showed at Indicate this year, and it's a really awesome PlayStation Move game that we can run with um, at least uh, as many people as we have Move controllers times two. So I think that's about um, up to people. 14 people. So and it's a really cool frenetic game that I got to play and I, I thought it was awesome and I would like to. I've never played it and I'm very excited. I'd like to see you guys play with me. Yeah. So uh, I'm also trying to put together. I don't. I'm surprised we won't be able to. Start. I'm trying to put together a live action Pac Man game. 
no video screens, no technology, just people playing Pac-Man. Pac-Man of the caveman yeah. times. So we've never done it before. Full contact? I think we can pull it off. The contact, no, not full contact. Um, One hand touch? It'll be, it'll be fun. It, it'll perhaps be a little sophomoric, uh, but I think it'll be a good time. And I don't know, we should come up with some sort of prize for the winner. I don't have a prize for the winner. Maybe like Nintendo Monopoly game or something. I don't know. Anyway. Let's move beyond Fig. We don't need to give it an entire show. <laughs> okay, um, but wait. Before we do, you gave out the Earl, did you? Not. What? The Earl? Yes. It does have a website. Where's, how do, oh. How oh, do people, oh, the URL. How do people sign up? Okay, so if you want to check out information about Fig, um, you can go to futureisgames.com. That's just all one word, futureisgames.com. And then uh, we also have an Eventbrite set up for it, which you can find on the site. Which will connect you with like getting tickets and like an FAQ, so that if you have any questions, it's all answered there. Yeah, but the tickets are free. The tickets are free. Like we basically we use that as kind of a tracking system. So if somebody wants to RSVP, um, it kind of helps us get an idea of how many people are interested in coming. And then we also have the option to donate on the site if you're interested in helping out, because like we're we're running it for free, and any donations or support help. So, but we're not trying to, to force that on anybody. It really costs a lot of money to put on the event. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you don't have to sign up though. Like if you don't sign up, you could still just walk in. Yeah. You're yeah. fine. You can. Totally free. That's yeah. totally true. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. And uh, yeah. So great. We get to even record a show there, which is fantastic. First time ever. Uh, recording the show at Fig. Yes. Well, well that will be the first time <laughs> yes. that we're recording at Fig. Monumental occasion. Yeah, but it is the first time we're going to be doing it in front of a crowd. Yeah, that seems pretty cool. We haven't done that before, unless you consider Tristan a crowd. (laughs) He can be a crowd at times. All right. So let's talk about something else. Yes. I can't decide if you already covered what you wanted to cover. No, I didn't, but this is too long. I'm going to blurt it in for the next uh, segment. Let's let's hold that back a little bit. I want to say something about, you know, we were... Okay, this is gonna. This is good. This will fit in the time we have. We're talking about like developers and how many there are and where, like in the United States, there are. Right. So, yes. you guys remember the oh yeah, oh yeah. They they just announced that they have hit uh, twenty five thousand registered developers. That's a lot. That's a lot. Now that's worldwide, though. I can't imagine that's restricted to the United States. That's a lot of developers. Yeah, but the world's big. I've been saying for years that there's there's just way too many people making games. I'm gonna. I would love to get emails about that. However, we're talking about <laughs> we're ta- we're talking about a system that allows like the everyman to make a game. And if you look at Xbox, and every man is trying to make a game, it seems. If you look at this. Xbox Live indie games, I'm sure there's a lot of signed up developers for that. But it doesn't mean they actually yeah. produce something. Yeah, twenty five thousand. I would really love to know, like comparatively. How that figures. Well, I wonder how many of those are educational, like, purposes. Like, how many are just students or universities that are signing up as a developer to, like, get access to Yeah, but they all software? want in. That's the, right. Yeah, and they're going to compete against me. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. But there's, I mean, low hurdle of entry. Yeah. It means yeah, you didn't have to pay. How many developers are there for iOS? That it costs money to do that, and there's probably, you know... Tens and tens or hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Well, thankfully, uh, I can rest assured that most of those 25,000 will be too lazy to do anything of note. So. 
So there. <laughs> Words of encouragement from Ara. That's yeah. what you can expect from me. We'll be right back. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we are back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Yep. Okay. You want to... <laughs> it seems I have th- the floor. You say you want to go into a rant. Yes. Well, you're so right. How did you know? Okay, look. I'm really pissed off today, guys. Actually, you know his why? hair is turning blonde like a say- Super Saiyan. That's, that, might be, <laughs> that might be one of the effects. Because it's my birthday. Oh. And not just because it's my birthday. It's not tomorrow? Well, I mean, te- okay, look. Technically, it's on Saturday. But okay, I got a ha- I got a happy birthday email from Xbox Live, and it's very upsetting. Have you guys gotten anything like this? I can't remember if I have. Okay, speaking of temerity, so I get this email, and here's how it starts. Here's a little something to brighten your day, and I'm like, oh boy, Microsoft gonna give me something free for my birthday. Maybe it might actually be valued at up to a dollar retail Is value. It 25 Microsoft points? Re- it's not converted? That, it's not that good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I keep reading, right? And then they're like, here, here's a Xbox Live Rewards birthday cake. Just print it out. Follow the instructions. Okay, so they gave me a PDF with uh, this complex arrangement of cutouts to make a paper cake, and it looks like a lot of work. Yep. So I mean, you, they, awesome, they probably should have shipped you one already completed, or look, I don't, not, <laughs> I don't ask for a lot. Okay, but this looks like a lot of work. They're like, follow the instructions. Okay, and I'm like, okay, and then there's more. They want me to take a picture. After I construct this cake. And post to Facebook. And then tweet it to them with the specified hashtag of their choice. And what do I get in return? 25 Microsoft points. It's not that good. Is it some kind of I know, by the way, that they don't something? handle Microsoft points anymore. Those are <laughs> Yeah, those and are it's gone. not even a quarter. Yeah. No, uh, it's so that they could personally wish me a happy birthday. Oh, so they'll tweet to you. So they'll tweet me back personally. And I'm just thinking, like, you sons of... So... How dare you? How dare you give me work and ask me to do all this to only get tweeted back 
just so I could be a cog in your little Twitter marketing machine. Yeah. That what is, is this? This interesting. What, what kind of? Ra- I mean, really, what kind of racket by, is by this? By the way, you're you're also going going to be logged somewhere in a database saying that they have a customer with a specific Twitter address so that they can contact you by Twitter later. Yeah, right. and yeah, so that's great too. Next so year now, they like, could I say can, happy birthday yeah. without you making the cake. I can get I can get on a list now. Now, actually, my question now is that you know because I'm well aware of the um, FTC consumer rules because I regularly file uh, FTC complaints in my spare time. Ara is a magical human being. Okay. <laughs> I know that uh, they are allowed to send me marketing emails if I have a business relationship with them. Yes. Right. But this is a very important legal matter. Does sending a picture of a birthday cake constructed out of paper constitute a business relationship? Well, I mean, they're allowed to send you like newsletters and things that are related to their service, right? Yeah. And I don't think Twitter falls under the umbrella of unsolicited emails. <sighs> Yeah, well, that that's right. Yeah. See, they're tricking you. Yes. They're tricking you to solicit. I'd like, who does this work on? Who gets excited about this? I would really like to know. I like, would totally who, do it. No, I would do not. it just because I want to go through the process. You would like, not is, do that. This is what Microsoft wants. This is what Microsoft gets. Yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds really strangely ominous. Yeah. No, you know what I noticed, by the way, speaking of Twitter? I, I looked at – so I have several accounts that I've used for testing purposes or, or whatever, ones that like – I don't even use. And so I have G-A-W-D, which you might not realize is apparently uh, the interesting spelling for the word God in in many situations, I yeah, guess. Yeah, depending on how much food you're eating or how surprised you are. I get more messages on that account than on my legitimate account. Like, far more. Than like, what? Than like, your regular Twitter? Yeah, like I get well, of mentions course. to at God. But it, it's like they're retweeting. There are people who are retweeting at G-A-W-D. And I'm like... No one has ever had that account except me. I don't know why you're retweeting. Cause Maybe they're just any, tweeting God. I never God. said anything. They, they think it's God. They're tweeting God. Or God. How are they retweeting God? God? <laughs> so, anyway, that's my Twitter story for okay. this week. So, I'm just, I'm just beside myself. Okay, well. What is, what is the world coming to? Here? Happy birthday to you, sir. Yes, are happy doing, happy birthday, Grinch. Yeah. And, and thanks, Microsoft. What? Are you doing anything on Saturday for your birthday? Um, I don't know. I'm going to probably uh, like check out my friend's really big drive shaft. All right. That, that sounded suggestive that as all hell. Sounds incredible. What? He has a wagon. It's a long drive shaft. Okay. Dis- Disneyland? No. I didn't know no. you swung that way, but go ahead. Uh-huh. You guys are sick. All right. <laughs> so we also want to talk about some Indicade. You attended sure. IndieCade. Yeah. Tristan, not Ara. And uh, <laughs> apparently there was a lot a lot there. Yeah, it was a really great um, – it was biggest attendance of any IndieCade so far. I've been, I've been for three years. Um, I believe they've been doing it since 2009, so I haven't seen every year. But um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Sure. All right. First of all, give me the two-sentence description of what IndieCade is. IndieCade is a conference and a festival – and has been running for a number of years. That's one sentence. So, yeah. Um, well, so Indicate is a conference and a festival that uh, promotes the indie spirit and is referred to as the Sundance of video games. Um, most of the big names of the game development community end up going there, um, and you'll see talks from people like Brenda Romero, John Romero, um, Jonathan Blow, Mark Tenbosch, uh, Chris Hecker, Frank Lance, a bunch of people like that. So, so is, is this like? Uh like when scouts look for for kids in sports, like they go, the coaches from college go out there and see the high school kids, and uh, then they 
get them to go to their schools? Or like we're looking no, here's I mean, some great ideas in the indie world. We you know what's funny what's though? Coming. I actually heard an NPR coverage of this event. Yeah, and, and they interviewed somebody from Sony there, and the guy's like, "We're walking around with a checkbook." And I'm like just thinking immediately like so you can like immediately screw someone into a bad deal. Well, I mean it, it's kind of hard to say because like – so Sony is um, heavily promoting IndieCade and sponsoring IndieCade. Um, and it is clear that Sony is looking to use the indie community as part of their marketing plan for the PS4. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that it – I wouldn't call it like a recruitment run because of all the events that I go to, I think IndieCade is more – for the developers just being there, meeting other developers and showing their work than, like, PAX or, like, the IGF stuff is definitely not that way. IGF is more like what you're talking about, where it's, like, kind of a recruitment run. But I I think, I don't know, I mean, I guess different people would probably have different perceptions of this, but that's just not, um, that's not how I see IndieCade when the years that I've been there. It's more of a, just a thing for us, if I would characterize it okay so then as as a visitor to the indicate what am i actually what am i getting so i get all these talks from big people that i may have heard of um but what else are you are you playing the games yeah so developers um indicate has a number of days that apply to different people so like indicate technically started on thursday but there was base a track designed specifically for people who are trying to start their own businesses or break into indie development and that was um that was not open to the public it was for people who submitted a game so like i submitted a game to indicate so i was there for that day um but on saturday and sunday it's open to the public as well as having the festival track so people with badges can go into the conference and then like the the normal everyday people can go in and see all the games and like all of the wares that are being shown whether it's by sony or oculus or just indie developers so, like, they could see the game that you submitted? Well, my, mine didn't get in, so... Oh, okay. um, yeah, unfortunately, ours, ours was not quite ready for primetime, but... Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, uh, all of the finalist games are shown, and then there's a number of other games that are in the festival, so there's, there's a lot to see. Um, and it's kind of like it was our spiritual uh, inspiration for FIG, so... Okay. So, so what are some of the primary takeaways that, that you got from this year's... Well, I mean, uh, Microsoft and Sony were pushing really hard the idea of the um, indie development self-publishing model. Microsoft, and, really? Yeah. No, Microsoft has um, ID at Xbox is this program that they're developing specifically for the independent publishing. And it's uh, not they're not doing things the way the App Store is in the sense that you still have to get certified and you have to go through a number of like localization processes and things that you would have to to submit a AAA game, but they've removed all of the fees that are associated with that. So if you want to be a PS4 developer, you sign up and they send you a dev kit, and that is that essentially. Okay, so um, I'm immediately, of course, skeptical when I was because you were explaining this to me before. Sure. Did they say anything about how their um, how their standard deal offer on the other end is changing or is that going to stay the same too um you mean on the triple a end no because like okay right like they're like okay they're making a very attractive appearing for independent people to start something by like saying okay we're not going to charge all these fees anymore but i get the sinking feeling that on the other side of the deal like in other words they're going to take a bigger cut on the other end well and i mean so like the standard cut for steam and like the app store is 30 percent, and i think that's a pretty common model 
Um, I know I haven't see, heard the specific numbers for the PS4, but for the Xbox One, they're doing a more traditional retailer model where basically where you're selling your products at your base price to Microsoft, essentially, and then they are upping the price to their retail cut. So if you say you want to sell a game for $20, they will determine, well, maybe this game is worth $30, and then they will give you your percentage of that with them taking the retailer portion. I just can't see the independents getting a better deal out of this in the end. I just can't... uh, It's just hard for me to Well, I mean, it's a better deal than an absence of a platform, and I think it's a better deal than the App Store because automatically takes out a lot of the like fart apps and the things that you wouldn't really want to have to sift through. Um, they say they're f- pushing the idea of using like a trending meter and a bunch of things to help make discoverability easier on both platforms. Oh, Christ. But, um, yeah, so it, we'll, I, I think we'll it could be... be we'll be right back, everybody. Going to break. back now you were in the middle of a big big discussion i had to cut you off to go to break very sorry about that um anyway indicade microsoft and sony are taking it seriously that's really that's the takeaway they're taking the indie development scene really seriously so that's interesting because microsoft was basically shunning it or not really talking about it but then sony made a big deal of it so then microsoft reversed and now microsoft is like doubling down on this well they have to do what the other one does you see i mean they have to do at least that and more so it's just like how that really i've told you how crazy it is to me that sony is somehow the leader in this scenario and that microsoft has become the follower well it was really interesting because it's like when i saw microsoft and sony's presentations like microsoft was markedly more specific than sony um sony was i I think has kind of been sitting on their uh microsoft consistently doing things wrong laurels for a while so Microsoft is trying to correct the issue, but Sony's just sort of like, yeah, no, we have, we're, we're the one you like. And it's very evident in the way that they present themselves at, at IndieCade as well as in the press generally. They're not really saying the thing that makes Sony distinct more that they're like not Microsoft and they don't have the Kinect spying on you. I, I'm so jaded. I just think that whatever, they're just blowing smoke and we'll see how it turns out when it happens, just like uh, how they always blow smoke with every game and... You don't know what it's like until you play it anyway, so... All right. Good. Well, I am ready to move on to some other other gaming topics. Let's move here. on to Grand Theft Auto V. Really? I'm okay with that. So we totally talked about this last week, but it seems like there's more. I, I would really like to um, write a letter to the Guinness Book of World Records for the uh, most amount of discussion about a game that uh, I or you haven't played yet. Yeah, no, that's... We would win. <laughs> we would definitely get that record. But there's – I found – you know how we were talking about like, oh, there's nothing new. And I found out something new about the game that was really intriguing. And, new? Uh, you mean in this iteration versus the previous one? Yes. Something okay. completely novel. Something – That you play golf? 
It's no, 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 no. And uh, Tristan, maybe this is going to destroy like a spoiler for you. And, well, um, I'm I'm partway through, so I don't know. It depends. It'll still maybe we'll see. So I just thought this was the coolest thing ever, and I've never heard of anyone doing this before. And so uh, I'm sure someone will email us and correct us uh, within minutes of this getting published. But you get a map with the game, don't you? Tristan? Yeah, like a physical map. Yeah, physical yeah. map, like on paper. Right. Yeah. Turns out this map, if you put it under a black light, it shows secrets on the map. There's that's a, fascinating. There's black light guy on the map? Yes. And that's so cool. Okay, that's kind of neat. That, that is super be like pa- cool. Paper map. I mean, that, that's been done. Now, I just reduced the coolness factor of this to every single person listening who doesn't know about it yet. Well, I don't know. I'm pretty interested. I didn't think that map was particularly cool before. Yeah, go, go for go <laughs> so for on the way home. Light. Go pick up a, spor- a scorpion detector, <laughs> or just stop by the local motel that's trying to figure out if they've cleaned their rooms yet or not. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was beautiful. So <laughs> that's I mean, all I have to say. That about is pretty cool. What's, what's the caliber of the information hidden on the map? Secret information, obviously. What like like this is where we stash the drugs. Something this to do with aliens. Car is. <laughs> some some kind of alien. Oh man, you know, like the, the UFO stuff that I've been hearing about? Yeah, I just completely like just spoiled oh, the entire man. product for you now. Okay. Well, you know, one of the things that, that people have complained about on our Facebook page um, Spoilers? Is not spoilers. Well they will now. But the fact <laughs> Is it really a spoiler if it's a product information thing? <laughs> um I mean, probably not part of the unboxing. <laughs> anyway, uh is that, that we have the audacity to talk about this game having not played it. Right. So tonight we brought a subject matter expert into the house. Well, I don't know that I'd be an, considered an expert. No, you're the expert. I'm <laughs> relatively speaking an expert. Um, you are most definitely the expert of the three of us. Okay. So, all right. You you were telling me earlier that you had some concerns about the game. So, yeah. I mean, I'm going to get in my really unpopular mode for a second. and the, Oh, wait. I just realized I'm in adult mode. Well, yeah. The, like, I'm in my latter portion of my 20s now and I'm like starting to realize that I'm slightly let's say kind of when you watch a movie and you see violent acts committed in said movie there's a there's an idea that the audience is uncomfortable with it and even in movies that are very popular and very heralded for their violence like Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs and like the Scorsese films, like they they still have this idea that it's very raw and unpleasant for the audience. And I am starting to be a little bit troubled by the way that Grand Theft Auto is consistently becoming more focused on violence, while nobody is losing any interest in seeing that kind of content. It makes me wonder if we're actually desensitized towards it, and it's just going to keep escalating upward. Well, I think we probably are, but not in the way that other people say. Yeah, like I, mean, I think we're we're totally desensitized to it, but it's not like it's the kind of desensitization that makes us feel like you know going and running over hookers uh, like after right. the show as a pastime is okay. Right. When and like so, one of the things that um, everybody's talked about the torture scene, which I'm sure you guys have seen. As I well, have no idea what. Nope. That is. Um, okay. Well, I knew it happened, and not I having knew... played the game, I, I don't want to talk about the torture scene because I think enough has been said about that already. Um, but. The thing that more concerns me are some of the kind of like side diversions and what they what they imply to me. So, like for example, there's a there's a side diversion that involves taking random strangers to a cannibal cult where they get eaten. And nice. the game the game gives you a choice 
about whether you want to do that or not. You can just take them to their normal destination. But, like, there's full dialogue of you explaining things to the character, trying to make them at ease while you're taking them out into the middle of nowhere in the woods. And then you take them, and then they get held at gunpoint and taken into this weird, creepy shack kind of thing. And it's like, I can't help but feel like we're kind of emulating serial killings in Grand Theft Auto V. And it's like... I'm not sure that that's a fun activity to engage in. Like, killing cops is kind of a skill challenge. It's like a going on a crazy rampage and seeing how long you can survive. But, like, kidnapping a woman on the street and taking her to get eaten by cannibals is not quite the same sort of thing. And I'm starting to be a little bit uncomfortable with it. Like my Do, do they eat the whole thing? Out. Well, I mean, they don't, they don't show it. So, I'm so disappointed. Meanwhile, I'm now fascinated and totally want to play this game. Me too. Sure. <laughs> but you don't see them eat the whole thing. So what's the point? This, this I see is, I'm, so, not, I'm not in uh, the right crowd to explain this. <laughs> all right. So you're, you're having trouble morally with the content of the game. It's not so much morally because it's like I don't really have a problem with – This is not a moral concern? Um, no. I mean it's because like, I, I, don't, I don't want anyone to get the impression that I think that like game developers should be like checking their content for – whether it's appropriate, because I, I don't really think that's that's a good method for art or any kind of media to be created. But I think that there's um, there's a complete lack of regard for how any of this kind of content fits into a larger scheme. But isn't that the whole uh, gist of that series in general? Not only that, but also just to be totally over the top about what you're actually doing. Yeah, I mean, like, so, okay, and then another example I would give is, like, and I, I agree with that, like, there's almost this, like, Looney Tunes element of um, of the whole process of playing Grand Theft Auto, but I think that as it goes on, it's getting less like that. Like, um, the AI police, for example, if you shoot them in the leg, another police officer will come and try to drag that person to safety, and you'll see that happening, and it's kind of like this shooting gallery moment of, like, oh, look, I can easily shoot both of them for free. And it's, like... There's a bit of a framing difference there for me than, like, oh, look, there's just this crazy, like, zany stuff going on, and there's this injured guy screaming on the floor. Yeah, you know what's interesting about that, actually? That's, like, you're actually, like, gaining, like, tactical knowledge of, like, a situation when, if you were shooting cops that, uh... Like, that's actually, like, teaching you, like, oh, when, well, when one of them goes to help the other one, that's the best time to shoot both of them because they're both busy with each other. There, there's a bit of a weird problem when things start, like, when your targets start being completely helpless and, like, suffering. And, I mean, that was touched down a little bit when people were talking about the torture sequence. But, like, the torture sequence was sort of a comment on American concepts of, like, enhanced interrogation. So, like, I, you, there's an argument for why it was there. But... I think there's a point where if you're all you're trying to do is like laughably entertain people with jokes about how violence is wrong in a framework where the game is entertaining you through violence, like the message is not being communicated very effectively. And I don't know that they really actually care about that message. They're just trying to entertain you with violence. But what about the uh, the main character and his like moral like struggles and well, stuff I mean, like w- that? I mean, which character? There's three. So I don't know. This, this, I just read this I mean, interview. Michael. Maybe Michael. Um, I mean, it's because like the, the game is has another issue that I have with Rockstar Games, which I separate. But I, I don't think it's especially well-written. Like, I mean, they probably are in the Guinness Book of World Records for how many times F-bombs have been dropped in, like, a single second. 
<laughs> because it, they the writing is very very heavy handed with its its messages and like they kind of have moral dilemmas but they don't really follow through with them very effectively. The game's like super misogynistic, which is not totally surprising, but it's um like I'm not done with the game, so I can't really give a fair analysis of where it's going. But it's I think that we have a problem where sometimes act like we're looking at this beautiful diamond when we're actually looking at like kind of a polished turd as far as the the narrative structure and kind they of the sparkle intent. the same <laughs> you know here here's the thing this is the f- well i mean i was gonna say the fifth iteration i don't know how many games there have been right as, as i said in a previous episode substantially more than that with yeah grand theft auto 3 was really the first one because the first two don't really count and then there was like san andreas I don't know, they have the, all the same mechanics it's but it, here's the thing. So Grand Theft Auto 3 makes the makes a big splash, and all these other games follow. So there's, like, at least five. And, I mean, then there's the mobile versions and whatever. But right. um, they've got to keep one-upping themselves and doing stuff that's more... that's surprising in some way. So the first game, we'll say Grand Theft Auto 3, although the games before it were kind of similar in this way, like, it was the criminal fantasy, right, which you didn't see. Right. Normally you're a hero. And so it's, it's sort of breaking that, that archetype. Okay, and now they get more graphic, and the gameplay obviously gets better. As with the storyline, yeah, like what are people going to talk about? What's going to get it in the news? And it's going to be the yeah. crazy stuff. And right now, torture. I mean, as much as you can argue, sure, it's you know social commentary, whatever. Um, I, I'm sure they got the idea, perhaps, from social commentary. But the reason they implement it is for press, basically. And to, I, to get I mean, people to think, hard to I did this that. cool thing I can't do somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And so what you're talking about is it's going to escalate, escalate, uh, or just like, what, is, what does it say about society? They're going to keep putting in crazier and crazier stuff. And unless it actually causes us to start doing that, I wouldn't be so worried about what it means for society. But, yeah. <laughs> we could talk a lot we'll about see, this. I guess. We'll be right back. Are you going to find a Master of Science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. And we're back. You're listening to Chatterbox, and now it is the time on Chatterbox where we talk about sexy misogynists. 
Yeah, with, Wait, with are that, the misogynists sexy themselves? Yes. Oh. With Isn't that, it ironic? Aha. <laughs> hang on. With, with that lead-in, I can't help but mention UAT.edu, the, uh, the website for the University of Advanced Technology, where there are sexy girls abound uh, in the games created by the nerdy boys at that school. Actually, I just would like to, to be fair to UAT. There is a good population of like diverse culture there, so there yeah. are women as well. And like, it's, So you're, yeah. you're no, such a misogynist. It's true. It's true. Yeah. No. Stop misogynizing everyone. We've, I don't think we've ever suggested that I am not uh, misogynist. Touche! So. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, thank you to UAT for sponsoring the show. <laughs> So, so you got stuff you want to talk about. I've got uh, one thing too. If we if we have time for, we've it. been kind of saving this for a couple of weeks because it's been so high priority, and it's been another story came up that was really similar. And there's it's it, both of these are revolving around. There's this there's a certain discussion that's happening right now about the appropriateness of female attire selections. In combat. Whether this was that, never an issue years ago. Whether that combat is like uh, you're a Nord Viking or uh, you're a female in like the American army. But pretty much like all across the board, right? So so let me get a little bit specific, right? So last – a couple of weeks ago, there was this – there's this little, um, little cute controversy about – Metal Gear Solid 5's character called Quiet, which... Um, her name is Quiet? Her name is Quiet, yeah. <laughs> if that's not misogynist, I don't really know what it is. Ooh. <laughs> Can we name her Shut one. Up next time? Hmm, yes. <laughs> so we don't know why she's named Quiet exactly. <laughs> but there was this... Isn't she a sniper? She is a sniper. That might have something to do with it. Okay, so let's see. Shall we choose the rational reason or shall we choose... The neurotic one to dis- to explain this. Why don't we just um, go with neurotic? Always the best choice, <laughs> of course. Anyway, there was a press conference and they were talking, and Hideo Kojima was talking, and you know there was like a translator, and they used the word erotic, and it was funny because um, Kojima was being taken to task about basically the the sexiness of this character design, right. and it was just kind of funny to me because he was like. All the Japanese, by my assessment anyway, uh, just completely missed what uh, the American press were trying to tell them. But basically, the American press was basically asking them, look, like, why did you find it necessary to make this character quiet more erotic? Because that's well, what they just it, said. I think in the reason this became such a big issue is like i mean have you seen the character right i don't know if your audience will all have seen it but it's like i mean she's basically wearing a bikini yeah i'll, like, I'll get no to clothes. that i'll get to that no no because that's really important and of course you can look it up and maybe we can even post it that'll be um really uh yeah we could put it on our facebook page even. yeah i, I, I actually Front center i actually don't want to but anyway I'll, I'll tell you why in a minute so the funny thing is that this went completely over all the Japanese heads because they're like, oh, no, 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 no. We didn't mean erotic. We meant sexy. Right, like it was the word choice that was a problem. Yeah, because erotic is like a little bit more raunchy, a little bit right. more like yeah, like in there, right? So, But it's funny because you know the American press was not really getting at that. They were just getting at like the – at least on the face of it, 
the misogynistic choice of dress, supposedly, or the fact that oh, this this sniper, and this is the other the other part of this discussion, which is like, why is somebody who just is, just happens to be female and is actually in a military simulation wearing um, what appears to be a very thin thread of cloth barely holding on to her assets. Well, what's more interesting is that I, didn't they show a graphic of her before making the design choice to make her wear less clothes? Yeah, so less clothes was the design choice. And, uh, yeah, right, so yeah. that's what... So there was, there was a still image of her with the clothes. With more clothes. originally conceived. Relatively speaking, more clothes. And then, no, they decided less clothes. So um, can I jump in real quick and say I don't think that I necessarily agree with the choice of the character because I think it's kind of, like, gratuitous. But I think that sometimes people forget because of Metal Gear's, like, visual style that Metal Gear is an incredibly absurd franchise and there's almost nothing that's designed to be realistic or actually logical in anything in Metal Gear. It just might appear that it is because of how much fidelity they have in their graphics technology. Yeah, so that's a really good point. And, yeah, if you're familiar with that canon at all, it's just completely ridiculous in all aspects, not just sexual ones. And if you understand it, you're, like, less than 1% of the population of gamers who's played it. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, we could just tell you, if you haven't played Metal Gear Solid, every single one of them allows you to hide in a cardboard box. And that will when there was some gratuitous riding nakedness in Metal Gear Solid too, and that was a male character. Oh yeah, nobody complained to- about that one. Totally I think naked. some people actually did complain about that. Oh, like five? <laughs> they wanted not, snakes. Not just totally naked. Instead. He was totally naked and <laughs> totally naked and doing cartwheels. Oh yeah, no, but he holds his his hands holds his junk. Yeah, while he does a naked cartwheel. Yeah, right. he is. He's pretty sexy though. He's very svelte, isn't he? Yeah. Anyway. Mm. So the thing I found was funny about this was that there was uh, it was popularized when the story came out that there was a designer who worked on Halo who tweeted about it, and he basically said, "Oh, this is lazy and exploitative," and he felt icky about it. And I'm looking at the character, and I feel icky about it too, but not because um, of any exploitation. I just thought you just didn't like the bikini design. It was just the proportions are all wrong. It's just not sexy to me. It's just like – she just looks like – I'm not even going to go into that. should have been a one piece. It's just the proportions are all off. Proportions are really important. Well, I mean in what way? Like are you saying that she was like, – Like, okay, okay. Now we're going to get into details. Like the thickness of like the strap relative to like the thickness of the part that was going around her uh, torso. And um, it was just kind of like uh, very distinctly trashy looking and like not the like hot trashy but like the trash trashy. Yeah, so in other words, like, it wasn't an upscale bikini. It was more like the Chinese knockoff. Uh, I see. You'll just have to right. see. Look, no, I've seen it. Are. I mean, like, I, I wasn't looking at it with that close an eye, I and guess. But. So I thought it was a bad character design, but not for the same reasons that other people had complained. I mean, I would agree that it's kind of lazy because, I mean, like, there's a lot of sensual or, like, even sexy things that can be done that have nothing to do with just being completely or totally naked or close to it. I mean, it, they, I can see that, like, all the characters are somewhat, like, designed to be attractive in Metal Gear. But that, that just seems, like, you know, lazy. It's not trying very hard. Yeah. Well, here's what I think is lazy. Uh, so when this individual made this comment publicly, he basically also compared this to Bayonetta, uh, which I find interesting and funny because, well, I mean, apparently the sexiness in Bayonetta is somehow justifiable because there's some, like, modicum of, like, narrative behind uh, or narrative background anyway. Yeah, that was laughable. 
Yeah, he was that. basically saying Bayonetta's okay. Yeah, he's saying Bayonetta's okay, right? And so and here, here's the thing where I think, like, all of the people who complain about this stuff where all this stuff breaks down is that – and this is the part that goes also into, like, when people are – talking about, uh, like, female garb in war games, and they're like, oh, this is horrible because, you know, in this state of war, and they're completely discounting the fact that it's a fantasy in the first place, fundamentally, that, like, oh, you would, you would never wear that. You well, know? I think that there is a, there's a valid point, though. That, it's like, not a valid point. No, there point. is a valid point, though. The valid point is that, like, video games that are doing that are not at all interested in caring what their female audience would like to see the characters look like. Okay, I mean, f- first of all, how do you know that... Well, I mean, it's fairly evident. I mean, like, I, obviously there's not, like, a lot of data on this, but it's like, look, if you're... Look, my sub, my, I submit that something that looks beautiful and a body... Something can look beautiful. A body, male or female, can look beautiful. And uh, just because... female. Fair enough. But just because you got personal ideas of what's beautiful and not doesn't mean that whatever else someone else thinks is beautiful just physically, I think that doesn't is, mean they're wrong. I think the question is more of why make this character who is set in this game that is intended to look realistic, why make this character beautiful when her function has nothing to do with her beauty? Well, or not? why She's not make her killer. beautiful in a different way if that's what... Because, I mean, obviously in media culture, we yeah. always... Try in to what way? In, like, the attractive. like she has a lot of, like, uh, resources because her backpack is so big? Well, I mean, like, so I, there's a problem with, like, movies in this regard, too. So I don't think that video games are entirely unique. But video games kind of do crank it up to 11. Like... Well, yeah, they when do. you compare video game <laughs> women to, like, the average movie woman, they're, like... Movies seem really like fine compared to it. <laughs> does uh, does our female um, attendee here want to say something? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, say, oh yeah, yeah, there's actually uh, there's a fourth member in the studio right now. Hi, I am a female, and I happen to like um, it, male or female bodies in in their, all their glory um, in video games. So, but that can't be because uh, we already got an email from somebody saying that uh, you don't exist. Well, I do exist. <laughs> I'm a real person. <laughs> that was a really old email that we got. Or, okay, or I guess. Facebook well, message. you know, and I mean, like, I, I don't want to seem like I'm contradicting the female in the room or anything like that. But, I mean, like, I also know women who find video game females to be incredibly trashy. and That's, that's the thing. That's my point, is that it's subjective and everyone's got a different sense of what is beautiful. And this is the last thing I want to say about this. Uh, and this is why I think that all of these complaints hold no water, is that... God damn it, I lost it. Okay, you guys say whatever you want. Well, I was going to say that I think that the biggest problem is not so much that these things exist, but there are almost no counterpoints to these things. I mean, like, there's a bunch of games that have, like, normal, average, everyday guys as protagonists, but the number that have just, like, normal, average, everyday women is so remarkably slim. And I think that... As a medium, we need to have more diversity in the portrayals that we I have. Even, I, I would argue against that because I feel like there's so many different video games that you are bound to find the depiction of things that you enjoy the most if you just look hard enough. But I, but I think it's dominated very heavily by a vast majority of Well, yeah, of course, of the like ones this. that are the most popular and the most well-known. But you will, you will certainly 
ironically, I think even on the Japanese side of games, like you will find games where, you know, females are depicted in ways that are not uh, in the ways that upset you if some of those depictions upset you that are stereotypical. But you do have to go digging for those. Of course. There's even times Of course you have to go digging because, look, okay, this is the thing that I forgot, okay, that I was cussing about. Look, people are free to craft whatever they consider to be artistic that motivates them to do so. And so if they find some beauty in something and they wish to express that beauty in a personal way by making art, people have that freedom to do that. And I think that it's absolutely insane to even suggest that somehow that should not be. I yeah, but it, listen, let, hang on. It's it's the like freedom of speech argument. You can make whatever you want, but yeah. I also have the freedom to criticize whatever I want. Of course, yeah. you know, and boycott. Well, of course, and, but and they're not criticizing. What they're saying is that there should be less of this in existence well, I think and more of that in existence. Is that like you know, since artists can do whatever they want, but if you have all of the exact same kind of artists making all of the art, like you don't have diversity in your pool. Yeah, and then and, then the ones that are different will simply stand out more and will be more easily noticed, won't they? Why? Well, I, I don't really get your point, honestly. My point is that I think it's silly to complain about there's too much or too little of something in a certain media because that is actually just a self-balancing type of phenomenon. Because if everybody does the same thing, then the people who aren't doing that thing are going to get noticed and people are going to get tired if there's too much repetition and so on. Well, and I so mean, forth. I think there's, there's room for this to like be fixed. But I mean, the, the, we could go all day about the kind of... Oh, Umber you said be fixed. Uh huh. It implies it's broken, sir. Mm. I'm. I mean, I'm going to call it. I'm going to call end of show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because because it is ending, and we have to do a little closure here for Fig. Um, and I'm consistently sick of talking about just sexiness, women, and games. Uh, well, I, every, I don't. It's talk like it's like every episode. Time. No, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Um, here's my thing. It all comes down to human psychology. And it's people aren't going to like things that other people do. It's always going to come down to that. And I don't know. There's only so many bikinis I can see until I just stop caring. And somehow people keep caring. And that's why. Anyway. Well, it's because you keep getting older, but the demographic stays the same age. I guess. Well. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Fig is this week. It's like today, if you're listening to this. Uh, Futureisgames.com. And just as UAT sponsors this show, I believe they're also sponsoring the conference. Yes. Uh, UAT has generously donated funds to FIG, so we appreciate that very much. So thank you very much to them. Thank you also, Tristan, for joining us this week and for telling us about IndieCade. Uh, If you want to come down there, we'll be there. We'll record another episode of this fantastic show on Friday evening. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.